any of that, Eric. Oh, really? Can you hear zero. me still? Yeah, I, I, I can okay. hear you, but I picked up zero of that can up. Damn, uh, that was weak. This is a Crossroads Music Podcast. We are... Uh, we are a music podcast where we talk about music. However, it's going to be an eating stream uh, close to the beginning. What, uh, do, what do they call it? Is it called a mukbang? Yeah, a mukbang. <laughs> <laughs> Which is such a weird name. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to do a mukbang. Um, well, I guess we might as well start with the drink. That's what we normally start with, Eric. So uh, Chasing Dragonflies, thanks for joining in. Uh, but Eric, oh, man, what... I, can't, I can't see the chat, but that's okay. Oh, um, that's weird. What am I drinking today? I am drinking a, uh, just because we have something special and we're doing this, I, I just feels weird saying it. <laughs> like, I don't want to even say it, but the mukbang or whatever you call it, <laughs> it just feels like such a weird thing to say. But I am drinking a uh, one that I had on this before, uh, Grand Island's uh, Long Winter Ale. So I'm I'm just drinking something normal. I didn't have a chance to to go to the liquor store to buy something new, but... But uh, in in typical Crossroads music fashion, cheers, everyone. Very good. Uh, Eric, I'm just going to stop sharing the screen for a second, and I'm going to share you chat so that you can Ooh. see it. Hopefully this works. Did not work. That's, That's okay. That's okay. You're going to have to be my, uh, my chat whisperer. <laughs> Here, I'm going to try one more thing. Hold on. There you go. Now you should be able to see it. Ooh, I do see it. Ooh. There you go. All right, Eric. How was your drink? Was that good? Was it worth it? It was delicious. It's it's delicious. It's like a winter ale. It's got uh, you know, like a white chocolate kind of flavor to it. Okay, very nice. Which is nice. So you very can't nice. really, yeah, you can't really complain. Right. Nothing uh, like, uh, yeah. Never mind. <laughs> I'll say it later. <clears throat> All right. Before we get into the eating, uh, let's talk a little bit about music. Uh, Eric, yes. what have you been listening to uh, this past week? Okay, so this is interesting because I only listened to one thing that I actually liked, and the rest was either mediocre or trash. Um, so uh, I listened to, I guess I'll start off with the trash first, and then I'll start off with the good. But uh, so I listened to a band has an album out called The Fine Line uh, Between real and insane by the filthy radicals okay it's like a yeah have you heard of them no four okay it's like a mixture of like ska punk rap and it's it's like a weird it's a weird combination but it it wasn't that good i would i would skip it um i checked out uh, lars uh fredrickson's okay. solo ep uh the singer or is he the singer or the guitar player for Rancid? Mm, guitar uh, player. Yeah. So he sings on this. And it just I just felt kind of depressed for him because it was almost like and it, it he was it was mostly just him playing guitar, like electric guitar, and just okay. singing. Oh, so which like is interesting. No drums, no bass. Like yeah, not like there was some ominous like keyboard. Oh in the okay. background but it, but it just felt like he was just standing there just singing while he's strumming these electrical chords oh interesting like okay it was okay but but it was just like oh i just felt s- sad for the guy because it's like he wanted to do this and probably nobody else wanted to do it with him so <laughs> <laughs> um then i checked out uh deep purple's new album which oh, wow. i was very 
disappointed with because I feel like Deep Purple is in like an underrated band because they're just so associated with Smoke on the Water. But oh, if you geez, listen yeah, to like yeah. other songs by them, they're just insane. And this this was just like all the songs on this album were pretty much at like par level with like the song Taking Care of Business. Really? Just like an easy rock and roll song. And it just, I don't know. It just didn't have that Deep Purple feel to it wonder why i don't know if that's i don't know if that's controversial no (laughs) (laughs) no i mean like deep purple Mm -hmm. how many iterations of that band are there like they've had a revolving door of like musicians and like well i don't think the anyone from the classic lineup is in that band anymore so well whoever the new guys are they're just you might as well just call them bto (laughs) bachman turner overdrive because it sounds exactly like and the song, it's, it's but you know, like those rock songs that sound exactly the same on every album. Like yeah. that's this album, unfortunately. Um, I checked out Black Label Society's new album. Oh, how's that? I heard that. Doom Crew. Uh, it's not bad. It's not bad. I kind of got bored after a bit because all the songs kind of sounded the same. But um, it, it had me at the first half. The first half had me hooked. Okay. For sure. Nice. Um. And uh, the last album, which I think is amazing, is uh, Big Wreck came out with their 7.1 EP, and it is it is pretty good. It's pretty solid. But nice. uh, other than that, like there there hasn't really been anything exciting. Like it had, nothing's really been like oh this is good. So yeah, um, yeah, same here. Like I I haven't really listened to too much. Uh, there's one new song that I listened to, but we'll we'll talk about it in the new segment. Uh, but I actually revisited uh, American Idiot by Green Day uh, because, I don't know, I just, uh, I was like, I need to listen to some albums that I haven't listened to in a while. And like, I remember when I f- that album first came out, I was like, oh, some of these songs are actually really good, but I never really liked the album itself. Uh, so I was always thought like, eh, for a concept album, it sort of, it doesn't really hit. Mm. Listening to it now, it's just like, wow. There's a lot of like intricacies in this in this album that um, Billy Joe Armstrong and Co have put into into that album. The big surprise I didn't even remember this, but ho- the song "Holiday" and "Boulevard of Broken Dreams" that's one song on the record. Really? Yeah, it's one track. It goes. It starts in "Holiday" and it goes straight into "Boulevard of Broken Dreams." It's not two separate songs. It's one song. Oh, I oh man, I didn't know that. Yeah, the track ends up being like seven minutes. I was like. When, that's how's those this, are two great tunes though <laughs> yeah separately they're great songs and i was just like what this is one song <laughs> <laughs> they must have cut it for the radio then yeah they definitely did yeah yeah hmm. yeah. yeah chasing dragonfly says it's the album is sick yeah revisiting it I've, I've changed my opinion on that album i think it's actually a really strong concept album well just album hmm. in general um yeah i've been listening to that for for a bit um, but other right than that, on. that's, that's, that's the only like notable thing I've been listening to. Right on. Um, so Eric, we did tease this on the discord. Yes. Um, if yes, you are, um, we sold out ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> <laughs> that's controversial right there. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, for those of you who are listening to us on the audio only version on Spotify or Apple music, you're definitely missing out on the visual aspect of this show. Uh, here at twitch.tv slash the crossroads music podcast Uh, but eric and i have uh, gone out and we have uh, bought ourselves a box of 
Tim Biebs right here. Yes, ten pack. we did. There's three flavors. Uh, we're going to uh, eat them uh, live on stream. Uh, they were actually released today. I never, I did. The timing of this is like impeccable because like I thought they were released a few days ago, but today was the first day. So we we ran out, got a box, and we're gonna try them on stream, uh, and we're going to rate them uh, yes, live. And I have my box. Right I just here. have to say, Eric, it's like, oh my! It was such an ordeal to get this box. So I'm in Toronto, like not downtown Toronto, mm -hmm. but like in Toronto. I visited 14 Tim Hortons just to get this box. I drove around Which is for insane. an hour and a half because every <laughs> single one I went to, they're like, sorry, we're sold out. It's crazy. It's I went crazy. to one and I <laughs> got it right off the bat, which is funny. And I was telling Kem before we were streaming here, everybody, that the guy at the drive-thru was like, hey, uh, it's like, yeah, like... It's like these things are selling like hotcakes that we had to call in like a couple of the extra bakers just to show up and they're just pumping out like he just said they're pumping out beaver bits <laughs> or whatever they're called. Apparently like okay so Tim Hortons is also selling uh merch for this stuff. Apparently mm. people are just buying them and reselling them like at marked up prices and <laughs> going crazy. Like the beanie is like 30 bucks and I've seen I've seen it go for 200 online. Wow, are people actually buying this? I though? guess, yeah, I think so. I think people are actually buying it on the secondary market. That's Crazy. insane. Do they taste like Justin Bieber? Uh, I, we will let you know because we're gonna we're gonna try these out. Yes. So, Eric, there's three flavors. There's yes. birthday cake, chocolate white fudge, and sour cream chocolate chip. So, Isn't it like waffle birthday cake or something like that. Waffle. Uh, okay, well, pick one, and uh, you you pick one. I have mine assorted here because two of them look the same. <laughs> so, Dragon Chasing Dragonflies wish they were called Bieber Bits. That actually probably is a better name. Tim Biebs. It, it is. is yeah, a bit... Tim Biebs just sounds too wordy. Yeah, it's a bit. It doesn't I'm, roll. I'm off gonna the call time. them Bieber Bits. <laughs> uh, let's go with the birthday cake first, if you can find that one. Birthday cake. Okay, that's the waffle one. All right, I got it. So. Got, I took a picture at the store. I couldn't find any of these images online, so I just used pictures from my phone. Smells like a waffle. So I'm going to grab mine. All right, I said birthday cake, right? All yeah, right. birthday cake waffle. And it smell, if you smell it, it smells like a waffle. Here's some HD quality. Mm. HD <laughs> quality, yeah. There we go. <laughs> well, boom. <laughs> All right, let's, let's do this. Let's see okay. uh, how this tastes. All right, cheers, Kim. I'm sort of concerned. Cheers. People who are just listening to the audio, this is doing nothing for them. Absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. mm. My, mine's a bit undercooked. Mine's fine, actually. Um, yeah, ASMR mm. chewing. Hmm. It's not bad. That's not a bad one. I could eat that one. It's very much just a vanilla, uh, frosted vanilla embit mm -hmm. with sprinkles on it. Yeah, it has kind of almost like a cinnamon. Yeah, a little bit. Taste to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. All right. Yeah, that one's good. That one's Eric, good, Justin Bieber. Out of, out of 10, what do you give that one? I'm going to give that a solid nine, actually. I enjoyed that oh, one, okay. actually. I'm giving it an eight. Mm -hmm. I'm, like, content mm -hmm. with that that one. All right. Let's go. Um, All right. Let's go with the chocolate one. 
chocolate, chocolate white fudge. They always, I'm going to do this properly. They always say cleanse your palate with water. <laughs> okay, I'll cleanse my palate too. <laughs> All right. So which one are we going for? The uh, chocolate white fudge. And that's just like the chocolate timbit, right? Yeah. Ooh, Chasing Dragonflies says it's a high rating. That is a very high rating. Oh, yeah. Yeah, these these Bieber bits. Hey, Julia, I'm going to change. You. I'm changing the name. Good day, babe. <laughs> chocolate white fudge. Here we mm. go. Chocolate white fudge. Here we go, everybody. Mm. Okay. I'm a little biased because I never liked the chocolate Timbit in the first place. I know a lot of people like it. Mm. But the for some reason, the chocolate Timbit doesn't do it for me. You know, chocolate white fudge. It tastes exactly like a regular chocolate glaze. It does. It tastes yeah. exactly like a... Yeah. There's nothing different so, about this one. Yeah, I feel like this is just like... Yeah, sorry. <laughs> There's nothing new about mm. this flavor. No. It just tastes exactly like a chocolate glazed donut. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, Eric, what's your rating? I think just because of that, I'm going to give it like a one. I wanted a 10 because I, I like chocolate glazed donuts, but the point is, is to have a new flavor, right? So I just feel like you, you're just rebranding something that's already happened. It's from a nine all the way to, to a one. Holy moly. Uh, this is a five. It's just like, there's nothing special. It's just an average. That's why I'm giving it a one. I'm, that's why I'm giving it a one. It tastes exactly the same. Yeah. It's just okay. an average Timbit. I don't know what's new about this one. Okay. Um, okay, last one. A sour cream chocolate chip. I'm gonna have to sour find it. Chocolate chip. Yeah, there is weird... no waffle. There is no waffle one. No, the waffle. Bir it's a birthday cake waffle, or whatever. Oh, is That's it? That's what it was called. Hold on, hold yeah. on, hold on. Let me go back to the. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're right. Birthday okay. cake waffle. Okay, good call. Yep. Okay. Sour Here cream, chocolate chip. Yeah. Mine tastes mm. like it's gone bad. Mm-hmm. I think it's the sour cream. Yeah, but it tastes like I don't think that's a good combination. Mm. Something's wrong with this one. Mm-hmm. Mm. It has a weird taste to it. Mm. Mm. No. Mm -mm. No. This is not it. Beaver, this is not it. No. No. Okay, well. I mean, I like sour cream glaze too. But I just feel like sour cream mixed with chocolate chip. And no, it doesn't work. No. Hmm. All right, Eric, what's the rating for this if you gave the other one a one? Oh, Jesus. I'm going to give this a zero. <laughs> <laughs> but if yeah. I have to give it a rating... And zero isn't technically a rate. I'd give it a 0. 0.5. Um, yeah, I'm getting giving this a one. That was horrible. Yeah, that was absolutely trash. Yeah, no. like I feel like that birthday cake was good. I I felt like the chocolate white fudge was just you're just reinventing the wheel with the chocolate glazed. <laughs> and this one was just horrible. So, like, I mean, if you like chocolate glazed, you'll like the white or the chocolate white fudge. It's the same. And if the yeah. price is expensive, just get chocolate glazed. 
and just say, just tell yourself as you're eating it, oh, this is the Bieber bit <laughs> or whatever. But I'd have, that sour cream chocolate chip shouldn't even exist. Yeah, no, the sour cream chocolate chip was terrible. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, yeah, that was not good. Yeah. All right, so birthday cake is the winner. Birthday, birthday cake waffle is the winner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Chocolate white fudge was the just average Timbit. And sour cream mm-hmm. chocolate chip was the loser in all of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, out of all the flavors, I'm just surprised. Like, what made him choose these flavors? They should have done a maple right. one. I don't understand why they didn't do a maple yeah. flavor. Maple sour cream might be good. Maple something would have been more interesting, I feel like. Mm-hmm. This is so Canadian of you guys to be tasting Timbits. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally true. Oh, hey there, bud. Welcome to Timmy Hall's. Oh, jeez. Trying to entertain the people with our, mm. our opinion on Timbits by Justin and, Bieber. Uh, you know what? I am proud, though, because I feel sorry for you Americans out there because you probably have no idea what this is all about. You're like, what the hell is a Timbeeb? Like, what is a Timbit? What is that? Yeah. What is tim- what is Tim Hortons? <laughs> mm-hmm. This is their outreach program. They're trying to get hip with, <laughs> hip with the youth. Mm. Yeah. This is an interesting way to do it. I just felt like the flavor, like, the issue with the flavors is they're taking something that's already exists. Sour cream glazed, birthday cake, and, you know, chocolate glaze already exists right and it's just like it's like it's like when the stupid fast food restaurants are like spicy chicken sandwich now with bacon like oh you just added bacon on top that's that's the only difference yeah that you added right so i just feel like this is like one of these things so yeah yeah it was a mixed bag um Mm -hmm. but the birthday cake waffle i would have again yes yeah. Absolutely, I would. All right, wonderful. Uh, so yeah, that was our uh, mukbang for for Tim Bits, the brand new <laughs> Tim Biebs. I um, just can't get over that name. That just sounds so weird. <laughs> it's because it's not an English word, Eric. It's a Korean mm. word. <laughs> mm. What does it actually mean? Uh, mukbang. Uh, eat room, basically. Like straight translation is eat room. Hmm. Gotcha. That's just, I don't know. It just feels weird. <laughs> it, just, it just feels weird saying I'm it. I'm surprised it didn't translate to English. Like, they didn't come up with, like, a, an English term for it. Like, like mm-hmm. ASMR or something. But maybe because it originated in Korea. Maybe that's why. Mm. Um. Anyways, uh, that's that's it for our segment on the Tim mm. Beats. I hope people are now more informed on their eating choices uh, when they go to Tim Hortons. Yeah. Uh, avoid the sour cream. Mm-hmm. It's not good. And if they give it to you, just throw it back at the employee. Because <laughs> it's just not worth it. All right. Uh, let's let's keep going. This is a music stream. I know we're actually streaming in the food category today on Twitch. <laughs> um, but I don't want to mess up my setup and switch. So we're gonna stream for the rest of this in the food category, even though we're gonna talk mm-hmm. about music for the rest of this. So we're trying to get new a new uh, <laughs> fan base. <laughs> um anyways, let's let's start talking about mm. some music. 
Uh, so today in music history, we go back in time and take a look at some of the historically significant things that happened on this day. Today is November 29th. And in 1933, John Mayle, founder of the Blues Breakers, is born mm. in England. He's a beast. He is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. can't believe he was in a band. Was he in a band with Clapton? I feel like he mm-hmm. was. Yeah. That's crazy. And then him and Clapton recreated their classics. Oh, right, right. Eric right. Clapton and John Mayle or whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> and, yeah. Uh, 1968, for his cannabis possession charge, John Lennon is fined $350 in a London court. The judge believes John's explanation that he no longer uses marijuana and had merely forgotten about the stash. (laughs) Who would believe uh, John Lennon stopped smoking? That's my question. There's no way. How did he trick someone? Yeah, no. No, that... uh... No, sorry. <laughs> 1975, Queens, Bohemian Rhapsody hits number one in the UK and stays for a record nine weeks. You know, that song will be throughout history the greatest song. Like, it's weird that that song is the greatest song that has mm-hmm. ever been written because it's such a, it's such a strange song. Mm-hmm. It is it is such a strange song. It was so unique, especially for that era, right? Like but yeah. you gotta think, like it's every generation knows this song. I don't know if the kids know Bohemian Rhapsody. Really? You don't think so? I don't know oh. if the teenagers today know Bohemian Rhapsody. Hmm. They need another like Wayne's World where it like yeah. reintroduces the song into the <laughs> pop culture. Yeah. That that movie was the greatest. I love Wayne's <laughs> World. So good. So good. Uh, 1986, "You Give Love a Bad Name" by Bon Jovi goes to number one in the U.S., giving the group their first big hit. Oh, that's yeah. I mean, come on. I'm never gonna. I'm never. You'll never hear me praise Bon Jovi ever. So <laughs> I can't stand the band. So. Um, that was 86, uh, moving along. There's a lot of, uh, time gap here, but all the way to year 2000, Chuck Berry's longtime piano player, Johnny Johnson sues the rock legend, alleging that he wrote the music for 52 of Berry's classics. The suit is thrown up by the judge who rules that the statue of limitations has run out on any claims. Um, Interesting. That sort of sucks because like your... You're hired to be his piano player and you're his piano player for like years and years and years and years. And I assume mm-hmm. you guys like had a falling out at some point. Um, but you never really brought up, you know, this uh, not t- giving me credit for these songs. Uh, but then now, like 52 years later, whatever it is, you're like, OK, fuck you. I don't know. It's sort of <laughs> weird mm-hmm. why he wouldn't do it earlier. But I could sort of see how. He wouldn't because he wants to be employed. Yeah. Well, especially in that time area, right? Like, it'd probably be tough to find another band, especially if you make it big. Like, your name would be mud almost in that industry. But Uh, 2001, George Harrison succumbs to lung cancer at the age of 58. To be honest, I don't even... I realized we were young, but I don't remember the, like... 
being aware that George Harrison passed away when he did. Neither did I. But yeah. I, it's it's weird because like, I feel like like everyone knows John. Len- if you were alive when John Lennon died, everyone knows. But like George Harrison, I don't know if it made like wave that many waves, which I feel like it should. And I don't think it did because I remember reading in Clapton's biography that like he was upset that nobody really like did anything so he did this whole tribute concert yeah and like a bunch of musicians showed up and played but but yeah i don't think it was for some weird reason it just wasn't it just didn't grasp any straws but i don't know because i feel like now if ringo when ringo does pass away it's gonna be like huge and if paul mccartney passes away now it'll be like even bigger so, oh yeah just well, seems so. strange that i don't recall like the the time period that george harrison passed away i just like feels like it didn't mm. happen yeah uh 2000 oh lastly 2014 taylor swift replaces herself at the number one spot on the hot 100 when blank space knocks shake it off from the top spot uh and that is making taylor swift the very first female artist to do so that's crazy. She's just like, she's just climbing the ladder. Like, yeah, just like, I don't know. She's just like a super strong songwriter. It's like, yeah. It, here's the thing. Like, we always complain about like all, all these artificial pop stars and all that. Like, Taylor Swift writes her own music, owns her own music, like has a part mm-hmm. in it. I have no problem with like her being on the radio all the time because pop's going to exist regardless. But have some like authenticity to it right exactly exactly uh cool so that's today in music history let's get into the news there's a few things uh so i did tease off the top that i did listen to one song uh tony iomi in collaboration with perfumer sergio momo have released a new perfume and song called scent of dark scent of dark The scent of dark. <laughs> oh, I did have an image. Hold on. Let me see if I can find this. Um, here it is. I'm just going to pop it up on the screen. So basically, uh, Tony Iommi and uh, this perfumer uh, collaborate together to create a Tony Iommi perfume. Uh, and they also recorded a instrumental song. What does um, that even smell like? <laughs> I, uh, if you want to smell like an old British man, I feel like mm-hmm. this is this is it. Um, but the song is actually pretty good. It's fully instrumental. It is heavy, mm. very Black Sabbathy. Um, but yeah, I really like the song. And because the song is so good, I'm sort of tempted to actually go and buy this. I assume it's way too expensive, and also I don't wear any like fragrance at all. Um, mm. But it does look pretty sick. <laughs> that does look pretty badass. I'm not gonna lie, but it's it's just a weird. <laughs> thing for him to get into because like i feel like people who listen to his music aren't really like into that like you know the fashion because i feel like this yeah comes into the fashion world and, and i can't just see anybody in that genre house going in and being like hi do you have the <laughs> like you know what i mean yeah scent so, of dark the scent of dark <laughs> just <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. I, I kind of want to... I'm curious to see what that smells like. Yeah. But... Anyways. Um, in other news... Love that 
That's an interesting name too. The scent of dark. I think it's, it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty on point name for if Tony uh, Iommi's gonna be associated with that. <laughs> uh Eric Clapton's acoustic guitar from his stage debut with Derek and the Domino sells for six hundred and twenty five thousand dollars. The oh. ninth 1968 Martin D48 acoustic guitar went for auction recently. It was first used at the Lycombe Theater in London on June 14th, 1970. Right on. Apparently he gave it away. That is nuts. $600,000. I thought you were going to actually stop at six hundred dollars for a second. I was going to be like, what are you talking about? But that makes more sense. $625,000 for a guitar that Eric Clapton played. Uh, Apparently, the story is he actually gave away that guitar. Um, He, I I forget which musician it was, but a musician came over to his house, and he was planning to gift him a guitar, uh, but he lost it. Uh, So instead, he gave him this acoustic guitar, and it's just been circulating around. Mm, Interesting. Um, Oh, geez. Okay. Um... I feel like we might be treading into a bit uh, deeper waters on this uh, news topic, but uh, we'll tread carefully. Uh, But uh, the Brit Awards have announced that they are now gender neutral. So they are removing categories that specify gender. Uh, They are removing the uh, best male solo performance, female solo performance, male international performance, and female international categories, uh, and basically just replacing of uh, artist of the year and international artist of the year. Uh, so uh, I, I assume there's other categories where there's male and female, but uh, for the best of solo and international, basically it's cutting it from four to two uh, and removing uh, the male and female distinction on that award, which mm. uh, personally I don't have a problem with because like, I don't know. It seems sort of strange that we, we split up, uh, these awards by gender. I think maybe in the 60s or 70s, well, probably up into the 90s, uh, you could probably warrant that uh, because there was sort of a inequity of uh, like a spotlight put on female musicians. But like, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, still today, I, th- I feel like the industry is very, very like male orientated. Uh, but mm-hmm. definitely back then, like it was a lot more difficult to be a female solo artist uh, to break through. Like, how many equivalent Elvises or Chuck Berries were there in the '60s? There's no one. Yeah. Right? Not until maybe the '70s, you have like a Joan Baez. Uh, well, actually, you had. Um... Oh shit, Eric! You need to save me on this name because I'm blanking. Jimi Hendrix, Jim Morrison, they all died at 27. The female who also died. Oh, uh, oh my God! Why is this blanking? Right yeah, now? I, I don't. Yeah, I can't help you, but <laughs> sorry. Damn it. Anyways, I, I'm just saying. Like back then, um, I guess it sort of made sense to split them up because you, you needed to like highlight uh, female. Oh, was it Amy Winehouse? Amy Winehouse? No, in, in the '60s, no? Amy Winehouse was 2000. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I, I, I mean, forgot you said '60s. I forgot but, you said '60s. <laughs> Amy Winehouse did die at 27. However, um, oh. Janis Joplin. There you go. There you go. Um, but I don't know. I don't really have a problem with it. Apparently, Brian May of Queen has a big problem with this. Uh, he made a big stink online saying 
um i don't know what the, his point is his basic point was like um you you're not thinking about the consequences of such an action but he n- didn't really specify like what it was so i don't know consequences just seems, of what like what's gonna know. happen like i don't, I don't understand it's just insanity um <laughs> but yeah i don't really have a problem with this eric any any thoughts on this i i don't know i don't really care like it's gonna change within the next 10 years anyway so like i mean like what's the point like it's gonna change anyway right so just go with it yeah right like the wards are still gonna be there right so yeah Yeah. um yeah as long as uh yeah i don't i don't see a a huge problem with this with the brit awards getting rid of that um Oh, Luton's here. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, he is not a Justin Bieber fan, uh, so you did miss us uh, doing a mukbang for uh, the Tim Biebs, <laughs> which I'll show on camera. Yes. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was quite the adventure. Yeah, um, they're gonna be sold out, everybody. <laughs> you can't get Tim Biebs anywhere. It's gonna be like a PS Five. That's horrible. Just can't get it anywhere. God, I still people are gonna have, be like... selling them online. People are gonna buy a box and then sell it online disgusting <laughs> oh my god i was driving around town like a madman for an hour and a half um <laughs> um oh spotify news spotify is testing a new vertical feed so very similar to tiktok users will be able to quickly swipe through songs uh liking them as they go along or ignoring them so um Basically, you would just go through this vertical feed. It will play you a sample of a song with a video or a still image, and then you could just go swipe next if you like it. Next, um, no, see, I don't have a problem like it, with next. this kind of stuff. This is what I have a problem with. Yeah, and, and I, I'm gonna go on a rant here. I feel like we need okay. to have a discussion about this, but yes, Eric, let's let's get so into it. My problem is just it just seems like the generations that are just that you know the new generations just have the like you know, the time attention of like a, like a peanut. And it's just like, I can't, I can't listen to a song fully. I have to listen to a snippet. And if I don't like that snippet, then that song is trash. Right. And then they're just, they're just constantly just swiping. It's just, no, no, next, next. It's like their attention span is so small that it's like, okay, I need something new. Oh, it's been five seconds. I need something new. Like it's, it's just, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, like maybe. I can just like I can just see like Bohemian Rhapsody showing up on this thing, and then they're just like, oh no, no, I don't like it. Yeah, you like know? just imagine <laughs> like you only listen to the that piano intro of Bohemian Rhapsody, and you go yeah. next, not next. quick no. enough. It hasn't. No. It's not exciting enough. It's just like yeah, you're no. missing out on one of the greatest songs ever. And um, Luton, thanks for the count. Yep, that's controversial. Uh, I've increased the count by <laughs> one, um, but. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> just, I just, I had to. <laughs> um, yeah, like I have a problem with this too. I mean, I don't think it's Spotify's fault, to be honest. Like, this is what no, this is what the people, what the kids yeah. are are doing now, right? They're just the, feeding the that, kids. feeding that demand. Uh, but it is, it is disheartening to have uh, that sort of system in place because I don't know, like can you determine a song is good from five to 10 seconds of listening to it? I feel like it's not possible. Unless there's some annoying sound. That's like, 
<laughs> right. Like then it's like, okay, no, I don't I have no interest in listening to this. Yeah. Like I I think it is easier to <laughs> tell if a song is bad mm-hmm. versus a song is going to be good. Yes. Luton's blaming Tinder. These kids are swiping right on everything. <laughs> it's a very oh, totally. Tinder senses. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's coming to Spotify, a new vertical feed. I guess the only positive thing with this is in terms of discoverability, you're going to be able to get through a lot more songs a lot more quickly. Uh, but I don't know. It sort of kills the joy of finding new mi- music and really enjoying it, in my opinion. Uh, but, I, I 100% agree. Yeah. But... Anyways, uh, okay, Eric, I'm going to have to break a long-standing tradition on this podcast where we don't mention a specific uh, oh, award no. show. Uh, but because this news news topic is specifically about uh, the Grammys, I am going to have oh, to talk no. about the Grammys. So, <laughs> no, um, that's here's... a controversial counter right there. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned the you mentioned the the show that will not be named. <laughs> <laughs> all right so here's the grammy warning all right uh so the recording academy ceo has defended the organization's uh grammy nomination of marilyn manson for album of the year marilyn manson the shock rocker has been accused of sexual abuse against several women i believe the count is at 52 at this point it's a lot jesus um <laughs> anyways harvey manson jr the ceo of the recording academy said we don't restrict the people we can submit their material for consideration we won't look back at people's histories we won't look at their criminal records we won't look at anything other than the legality with it within our rules uh is this recording for this work eligible based on date and other criteria? If it is, they can submit for consideration. So essentially, the, the Grammys have taken a stand and said, hey, it doesn't matter who made the music, uh, as long as you know it fits within X category or the dates, uh, and they submit it, uh, we will consider it. Um, mm. So I have a definite opinion on this one. Um, I guess on Marilyn Manson, but also just in general, uh, for any sort of nomination. Uh, but Eric, just curious what your thoughts are on, on this one, Marilyn Manson up for album of the year, uh, as he is being accused of sexual abuse. Um, which we've, we've talked about Manson quite a bit. Yeah. And and we have like, I think, I think it's obviously like a horrible thing, right? Like, and and we've already mentioned like you know i don't understand why there was a big shock because yeah right. it is marilyn manson right and i'm not saying that that's okay obviously it's terrible but but like yeah like i would yeah i don't blame why people are pissed like i, I don't think he should win or I don't, I don't even think she should be nominated essentially okay. because like if you're do if you're i don't know there's there's a line, right? Like everybody has their line, and I just feel like that's right. just right? yeah. No, that's, that's a just, good that's a good that's point. a bit too far, right? And then it's just like okay, well, if you're gonna do this, then you just don't get privileged, like because it's not a right that you have to have, you know, nominated for this category. Like it's a privilege, mm. right? Like you wouldn't be there if if your fans weren't supporting you, right? Right. Okay. So it's like I, I just feel like in that sense that it should just be like, sorry. Yeah. Just I see. because of these allegations you can't be nominated, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
No, I see your point in that. Like, I, I didn't think about it from that perspective that it is sort of as much as we, we rag on the Grammys as being mm-hmm. idiotic and worthless. Uh, it is it is a privilege, right? Like you get nominated. It's an automatic. Well, back in the day, it was an automatic million records sold. Like if you won your category, it was mm-hmm. an automatic million records sold. Regardless, well, even of who if you, you didn't win. Yeah. Right. It's like it's like the same as the Oscars, right? Like the movies that don't even win. People are still like, oh, well, this is this must have be good because it was like in this category or whatever. Right. So. But yeah, yeah, no, I I didn't think about it that way. Uh, Let me just be uh, maybe not devil's advocate, because I definitely (laughs) came into this with a different opinion. Um, I don't know, because like I'm thinking about past nominees and winners um and maybe not just like people who have won a grammy or any sort of award but i'm thinking of like like a michael jackson or uh, a nike turner or Mm -hmm. i don't know even like a dr dre um who have had past uh Mm -hmm. criminal records or allegations in michael jackson's case he all his stuff was dropped but i mean very questionable I would say, yeah. um, but we still hold them in high regard. I mean, maybe not Ike Turner, but um, we still allow them to be part of the conversation mm-hmm. of greatest musicians of all time, right? I think Dr. Dre shot up a bunch of people and he like robbed places. I'm pretty sure that's mm-hmm. like his criminal past. And like, uh, you could probably go through a bunch of other like hip hop legends who have like murdered people and still were like, Oh yeah, that that's fine. They killed someone, but they're they're such a good rhymer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, who cares? Yeah, and you, so like, you make yeah, you make a good point. You definitely so, make a good point. So right? when it comes to like Marilyn Manson's like sexual abuse allegations, like the obviously horrible, but at the same time, like we sort of we sort of ignore all the other th- bad things people have done, um, mm-hmm. and we accept that as okay. Well, mm-hmm. maybe just don't acknowledge it. Not that we're saying that it's okay, but uh, we just don't acknowledge those things are as serious as sexual yeah. abuse or other things. Um, so coming from that standpoint, I'm like, eh, Marilyn Manson, up for album of the year. I mean, maybe this is sort of bias on my part because I'm like, eh, the Grammys, fuck them. Like, they're mm-hmm. they're worthless and they don't know anything. But to <laughs> industry people, to people who aren't like hardcore into music, Grammys are a pretty big thing. So I could see mm-hmm. where people would be outraged for Marilyn Manson even being considered for album of the year. Mm-hmm. Um I, I don't know. It's I'm sort of I'm sort of that mind where it's like, hey, we let all these other dickheads in into this into this uh category. So why not why not Marilyn Manson? Yeah. Um, and that's a good point too, right? But maybe maybe it's just to start just to not consider them as nominations right because you're still gonna have like people who are marilyn manson diehard marilyn manson fans you're still gonna listen to the album right the album sales are still gonna sell and even if even if it goes on the news saying you know the grammys aren't nominating because of these sexual assault allegations that just publicity alone everyone's like oh like i want to check out this forbidden fruit like what is this album yeah right like you know what i mean so like you're still gonna get those record sales but but it is it is a pretty big stance 
with like if the Grammys ever said like sorry we're not doing this like that would be a pretty big move yeah. for yeah. an award show to do that but yeah Mm-hmm. Uh, is gonna compare MJ even though his accusations were later the music is usually separated mm-hmm. yeah yeah. in terms of timing I guess it doesn't fit up perfectly because mm-hmm. uh, MJ's later career in terms of music um, output wasn't really like his celebrated works uh, so mm-hmm. timing there's a bit it's a bit off uh, but Chasing Dragonflies does agree with you Eric on your stance on that so uh, one point for you yeah right Um, on i guess (laughs) (laughs) i don't know like either way i feel like people are going to have are going to be offended one way or the other regardless of Mm -hmm. what the grammys because every as you said before everyone has a line of you can cross this or not um everyone's gonna have a a Mm -hmm. different opinion but i think i think from my standpoint i don't know it's just like you've done it for maybe that's a bad argument but like you don't you don't take away people's Grammys because they have done something bad. So mm-hmm. what's, what's the reason for not giving Marilyn Manson a Grammy? I don't know. Mm. Um, but in saying that, Marilyn Manson's new album is definitely not worthy of a nomination for album of the year. Like, are you people insane? <laughs> yeah. That album yeah, is not... Gonna- good yeah if they're gonna all. if they're gonna nominate that then no sorry it's, it's like <laughs> like what is the what what is even this category <laughs> there are so many better <laughs> albums this year than this washed up mm-hmm. like how old is he he's like 50 years old and he's still dressing up in pale makeup and trying to scare little kids like it's insanity <laughs> it's insanity. halloween's over bud <laughs> <laughs> he's tr- like he's still trying to be like this hardcore shock rocker but it's like uh, no one believes him. Like it's it's yeah, common. The time, the time is over. You might as well just uh, you know enter the uh, the theater with corn there. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, all right. I think I think we're good with that. I I feel yeah. like there's there's no right answer to this, but um, mm-hmm. interesting, interesting, interesting point of conversation. Um, Judas Priest's Screaming for Vengeance has been turned into a terrifying dystopian graphic novel set 500 years into the future. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Screaming for Vengeance is one of Judas Priest's classic albums, uh, but they have, I think it's some sort of anniversary that's come up, but basically they have now created a graphic novel based on that album, um, and it's in a dystopian, uh, future, Hmm. which is... I think it's pretty interesting. I feel like for for album celebrations, uh, when it comes to anniversaries, things like this are more interesting to me than reissues. I actually wish bands would stop doing reissues because yeah. I like I really hate how they like try to re like unless there was something like significantly wrong with the original recording, mm-hmm. like. I just want these albums to be exactly the same as how they were originally released. Like the Sex yeah. Pistols album, like as gritty and as lo-fi as that is, if you tried to make that sound modern, it would sound terrible. It it doesn't yeah, it just takes away from the album. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But, but something like a graphic novel that expands on the album's ideas or adds that's an extra layer neat, to yeah. it. I, that works for me. I mm-hmm. I would I would definitely go out and 
and purchase that. If it, they just reissued the original pressing plus a whatever novel or extra stuff in it. I think that's a bit yeah. more interesting um, way to do it. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, trigger warning here. If you are uh, triggered by pee discussions, uh, urination discussions, then uh, you should probably not listen to the next five minutes of this. Or you'll be laughing hysterically, and that, that means that you're just very immature. Why <laughs> that? Uh, but Eric, <laughs> we didn't discuss this last week uh, because I think it happened maybe a few hours before we started streaming or something. Um, chasing dragonflies is triggered by P. Okay, don't don't listen to this. But um, basically, uh, Eric, do you know the band Brass Against? I've mentioned them uh, in the past, but I've heard about them. Never heard their music though. Okay, so Brass Against, uh, they're like YouTube famous. They're basically a cover band on YouTube. Uh, they do rock covers like Tool, Rage Against the Machine, but they are a brass mm. band, so they have trombones, trumpets, saxophones. Uh, and then they have a female uh, front woman, uh, Sophia Orissa. Uh, and I think last week or a week and a half ago at the Welcome to Rockville Festival, uh, she peed on a man's face at her <laughs> at their performance on stage. Uh, disclaimer, the man was a willing participant. So this wasn't oh, like a whole God. Uh, thing. But basically, the, the man was brought up on stage. He laid down on the stage. Uh, the front woman took down her pants and peed on his face uh, fully. There are videos online. They're probably deleted off YouTube because it goes against their terms of service. Oh, um, my God. But you definitely can find this video online. It's like, I've seen it. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy. It's like Niagara Falls on this man's face. <laughs> Like, why? Why would anybody want that? <laughs> Who is ever, like, I, I, people are idiots. I'm so sorry, but like, who is, hey, who is in their right we, mind? We don't kink shame on this, on this podcast. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, so oh she, my God. she, she fully peed on this man's face. He was, on camera, you, as he's being peed on, you see him pumping his fist in the air on the ground. So he's definitely enjoying it. Um, oh, my God. But uh, this was in, I believe it was Florida, which has who's, a... Who's even friends with these, this guy? Like, <laughs> is, he, is he with anybody or is he just by himself? <laughs> just imagine you go with, like, you're on a date or something and you go to a music festival and then your date goes on stage yeah. and gets peed on. Yeah, That'd be I hilarious. Said, relationship ended as soon as <laughs> that, that, like... I, for, it would probably be a while to comprehend that. But like, who who is friends with this guy? Like, who is this? Like, yeah, bro, you should totally do that. <laughs> um, oh my God. Anyways, Florida has a public uh, decency uh, law, so uh, there were speculations that uh, Sophia Arissa would have been charged with uh, public indecency, uh, but police have now come out and said that they won't pursue charges against her. So that is the update on that. Um, but yeah, if you want to see uh, a man at a festival be peed on, uh, go look up the video because it's it's actually amazing. Go look up Brass Against on YouTube and all their YouTube videos. Uh, like, look at the comments. They're the snarkiest, like, golden shower, uh, like, pee jokes. 
like all the com you just scroll down and it's just pee jokes after pee jokes it's the funniest thing ever it's so good oh my god that that is like i don't even i can't even believe we're having this conversation (laughs) right now (laughs) it's amazing sure i'll I'll mark that just for you it's amazing it's being peed on maybe that's the next like marketable thing musicians will start selling it's like i'll pee on you for like 50 bucks or i don't know a hundred thousand bucks it's like the next next level of only fans basically oh my lord that's so like (laughs) why why i don't know anyways oh my god that happens um eric did you ever want to learn drums uh i think i know where this is going (laughs) well now you can because there is a master class with the one and only ringo star yeah and that's our sponsor for today i'm just kidding (laughs) uh so the popular virtual educational website masterclass now offers a complete course by ringo star himself on how to play the drums so if you ever wanted to play the drums like Ringo Starr, you can go sign up for a masterclass and learn how to play really, mm. really simple drum beats. Or you can just go into a music store and just try a drum set. <laughs> and I'm sure you'll be close. Eric, did you watch the video I sent you? I did not, oh, okay. no. Okay. It's literally like, this is a snare. Ding. This is a high tom. Ding. This is a low tom. Ding. The low tom is lower than the high tom. See? <laughs> it's the it's the funniest video. Oh I my like God. Oh my god, this is the funniest thing. Ringo Star. But yeah, go go watch go watch the Ringo Star Masterclass. Uh like trailer slash uh there's a sample of one of his lessons. It's oh my god. I I hope like the paid version is much better because that sample lesson, oh my lord, <laughs> I learned nothing. <laughs> Interesting. Um, cool. Finally, last bit of news, uh, and I don't know if we'll touch on this too much, uh, but the NFT Bay has officially launched. So uh, for those of you in the pirating sphere, you probably remember the Pirate Bay Uh, Well, the equivalent of that for NFTs has now launched. A torrent has been created with about 19.5 terabytes worth of NFTs on the Ethereum and Solana (laughs) blockchains. So why are people pirating NFTs? Uh, Well, mostly for fun, because there isn't really uh, a use for pirating NFTs. Um, But uh, the creators of the NFT Bay are trying to highlight one important message. Uh, So if you are... if you are one of those people who are purchasing NFTs, uh, whether it be an image file or an audio file or whatever it is, that actual file is not stored on the blockchain. So the blockchain is what makes sure uh, you as the owner of this NFT, uh, it verifies that you are the owner and no one else can be the owner. But the actual Mm -hmm. image or the audio file or whatever it is, isn't stored on that blockchain. It's actually just stored on a random website, but it could be wherever it is. So, Yes, the proof of ownership is pretty solid on the blockchain, but the actual image itself, if the website that it's being hosted on uh, goes down or is hacked and deleted, uh, then your NFT is completely worthless. So part of the NFT bay being created is to have, one, a backup of these NFT images, uh, but also to highlight, you know, uh, the NFT market is not foolproof as a lot of people 
uh, are speculating, especially those who mm. are pumping millions of dollars purchasing NFTs. Mm. Anyways, that's that's the that's the, uh, the mm. latest in the music music news sphere. Interesting. Lots of stuff to go through, uh, but mm-hmm. let's let's move on, Eric. So we decided to uh, review for this week uh, Nirvana's Nevermind. There yes, we did. Honestly, I really hope we don't get taken down here because we have a naked baby on the screen. Like the guy, the yeah. now grown up baby is now suing Nirvana <laughs> over child pornography charges, which I don't know. It seems crazy to me. But. Yeah, it's it's just it's a classic album cover, though. like, you know, like T-shirts, poster renditions, like you name it. They've. But anyways, I don't know. Hopefully we don't get taken down midstream. But yes. if it is, blame the um, Spencer, whatever his name is. I forgot his name again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, Nirvana, or sorry, Nevermind, is the second studio album by American grunge band Nirvana, released on September 24th, 1991. It would be the first and only to be produced by Butch Vig, uh, later to be famous of uh, Garbage, the band, uh, and the first to feature drummer Dave Grohl. Uh, from September to January, uh, at the time of release, it would actually go on to sell approximately 300,000 copies a week. So that's a good solid five months of 300,000 copies. Uh, Nevermind is often credited with initiating a resurgence of punk culture amongst teenagers and young adults of Generation X, in addition to being responsible for bringing both grunge and alt-rock to the mainstream audience. Uh, it would also be uh, the end of hair metal's dominance uh, on the charts. The album has sold 30 million copies worldwide, making it one of the best-selling albums of all time. And in 2004, it was added to the National Recording Registry uh, as being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. And uh, Eric, warning to you, Luton says, if we say anything bad about this album, he is walking the street. Ooh, walking. That's... Which, uh, it's alluded. I'm gonna say some bad stuff. So, ooh, uh oh. Put your sh- put your shoes on. <laughs> um, Eric, your thoughts on uh, put, Nevermind by Nirvana? Put your shoes on. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I love Nirvana. I think this album is awesome. Uh, I mean, I literally thought you were gonna say this album is trash. <laughs> this album is trash, <laughs> like <laughs> just like that sour cream glazed Timber. I'm just getting oh, uh. no. Uh, so I I don't know. Th- this opening like smells like Team Spirit classic song, right? Yep. Good, great opening. Uh, like I just I forgot how many hits are actually on this album. Like in bloom, great tune. Like uh, even like the I feel like the B side is where. Like, some of the songs are like i think my favorite song personally on this album would either be lithium or something in the way i think okay like i think lithium is just a cool song because it's kind of like that you know slow and then it just gets heavy right but it but it kind of goes like the the lyrics perfectly match the like the dynamics of the song Mm -hmm. which i thought was neat um and i thought i thought something in the way is such like a cool like slow like ominous song like it's it's kind of a neat track um everything on this album is is pretty much what it is it's grunge but it has that punk feel like you said right like and you know i think it's pretty kick-ass that it just kind of ended hair metal it's like bye (laughs) (laughs) right 
<laughs> which is kind of cool. But the only song I didn't enjoy on this album was the ending, the endless nameless. That's actually a hidden track uh, that wasn't on the original pressing. So interesting. Maybe a good maybe a good call for it not to be on the original pressing. Mm-hmm. So I just felt like it didn't fit, and like I didn't know it was on the. I didn't know that. So when I listened to it and it came to that, I would be like, oh, this is this is a weird way to end the album, yeah. right? But if that's the fact, then that means something in the way would be ending it. And I think that would be the perfect perfect ending Yeah, for the I, album. I do agree. Something in the way is a great... I, well, I wouldn't say it's a great closer, but it is a very good closer to this album because mm-hmm. I think it's... This album is very emotionally draining, when you listen to it, it's very, it's very Kurt Cobain pouring his heart out in every yeah. single word he's screaming. Uh, and it's nice that the album ends on something in the way. Um, Cause it's like a, a bit of a slower song. It brings you back down a bit, uh, which is nice. Uh, sorry, Eric, I cut you off there, but any, anything else? Uh, um, uh, yeah, I, w- I was actually just going to mention his, his lyrics too. Like, it's just like he's he definitely poured his heart and soul into this album. Like, again, that's that's one of the things what I like about like lithium, right? Like, yeah. li- lithium, I believe, is in some sort of like antidepressant kind of drugs or whatever, right? So it's kind of neat. Like, so it's all kind of happy, and then all of a sudden, like, hey, yeah, you know. So I th- I thought that was kind of neat how he even embraced that feeling with the dynamics of the song right so um for me okay so i sort of see this album as like a side a and side b right there's the first half and the second half so smells like teen spirit in bloom come as you are breed lithium sort of side a for me um maybe Polly might be in also uh and then it's it's the side b which for me from well let me start with the side a the side a there's no criticism there like those are I don't know how you make songs better than that. That is like, mm-hmm. that's that's beyond songwriting 101. That is just like, that's how an um, how you get emotion in a song, right? If it mm-hmm. wasn't Kurt Cobain singing on those songs, these songs just don't have a life to them. They don't yeah. really have me. It's really Kurt Cobain like pouring his heart and soul into into that. Uh, the problem I have is the side B of this record. <laughs> I just love what Luton just said. <laughs> Here we go. You're all buttered up, Luton. <laughs> the problem I have is side B. And not to say that the songs on side B are bad. I just don't think it's as strong as what's on side A. So I would have liked this album to be a bit hmm. more evened out um, because it's just like hit after hit the very beginning and then once you get to territorial pissings drain you lounge act stay away on a plane mm-hmm. uh, it's not as good so I, I i really did find myself being like ah, okay that's a cool song but next right like mm. i'm just gonna go back to come as you are because that's that how do you get better than that mm-hmm. um so for me i i I would have arranged this album a bit differently. Uh, Smells like Teen Spirit obviously is your opener for the for this this uh, album because like that riff is just like it's so iconic. Um, yeah. it's, it's so good. It's the uh, Carry On My Wayward Son riff. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would I would have blended side A and side B together a bit more. Um, just because I, I, I felt like it started up here, like really high, then sort of went into this middle ground at, at side B and then really died off, uh, on the very last track, something in the way, uh, not in terms of quality, but it's just like a slower tempo. Uh, I wish it was just mixed up a bit more like lithium mm. would have been a bit later in the album. So, um, that's mm. my one criticism of the actual track listings. Uh, I don't really have a problem with any of the songs. I think they're either like masterpiece songs or just like very good songs. Um, the other issue I do have with this record, uh, and and there's a bit of backstory with this one, but for me, production-wise, as as mm. perfect as Butch Vig did this album, in my opinion, I don't think <laughs> it's perfect for Kurt Cobain. Like, if you listen to... Um, Nirvana's first record or the 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 next one in Euro, those are closer to what I feel like really mm. convey uh, Kurt Cobain's emotion in his songs. Not to say it's missing in this record, um, but it's a bit dirtier, a bit grungier, uh, and really spotlights Kurt Cobain's like emotional mm. abilities. Whereas this record, very big guitars, very big drums. Uh, and it sort of takes a bit away from Cobain's voice. Um, not that Kurt Cobain has a great voice, but uh, for me, Butch Vig made this record a bit too clean, if hmm. that's possible. I mean, we always try to get the most pristine recording ever and try to make it mix, try to make the mix as good as possible. But I think hmm. it's too perfect for what Kurt Cobain stands for. Um, and the backstory here is actually Kurt Cobain actually hates Nevermind as a record. Uh, he hates Butch Vig uh, and how it was actually uh, mixed and produced uh, because uh, it was too clean. Hmm. Uh, and people will disagree. People, obviously, 30 million records sold worldwide on this one. It's like started yeah. a cultural phenomenon. Uh, but I'm sort of in Kurt Cobain's corner in terms of production. I, th I think it's just too clean for what it is. It is, mm -hmm. but it does serve a purpose. It is radio friendly uh, for songs that shouldn't be radio friendly. Because uh, if you dig into these lyrics, these songs should not be on the radio. <laughs> like They're too <laughs> dark. They're way mm -hmm. too dark to be on the radio, but they are yeah. mixed to be on the radio. Um, so I don't know. It's It's a bit of a weird sort of, is it too clean or should we make it worse? I don't know. I don't know which is better, but yeah, uh, no, I, I kind of hear what you're saying there. Like, and you, you, you kind of are right. Cause, uh, I always mess up the name, but in Yurido or in your, in, in, you read in you turn, oh, fuck, fuck it. The, yeah, the third that record. one, that one, in utero, <laughs> that in, in utero, in utero. Yeah, that's it. In utero. Uh, so that one's is a solid, like, I love that album too right uh but you're right it does sound a bit more like grungier yeah if you will like so that's interesting that you said that hmm. this is very yeah, much because... very much like metallica's black album like metallica's yeah. black album is like not the best uh thrash metal record but it is very clean produ production wise and it, it was very good for the radio mm -hmm. and sold millions of copies hmm interesting yeah um 
but yeah, that's sort of my thing. I mean, other than that, I mean, those are not, those aren't like very hardcore criticisms of this record. The criticisms yeah. essentially boil down, oh, you should have probably mixed the track listings a bit and uh, make the production worse is my criticism of this record. So like, <laughs> I, I don't really think that's much of a, a thing. Um, but Eric, let's, let's, let's wrap this up. Final yes. thoughts and ratings. Um, so I, I actually didn't mind the track listings. I, I think this album's solid and I'm going to, I'm actually going to give this a 10 out of 10. Oh, a 10 out of 10. Yeah. I'm oh this a 10 Lord. out of 10. Now, minus the fact now I was going to give it a nine out of 10 just because of that endless nameless mm. track. But now that I've know that that's an actual just bonus yeah. content to the track, I'm just going to assume that does not exist on the album <laughs> and I'm giving it a 10 out of 10. Wow, a ten! Damn. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I'm giving it an eight. As, as <laughs> controversial as that now seems, um, mm-hmm. I'm giving it an eight. It's like you just—you just pretty much scored it the sour cream glaze. <laughs> Tim, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's a great record. It is a must-listen yeah. record. Yes, um, absolutely. I think I gave In Utero a nine, which. Mm-hmm. I think is what I would in comparison in utero for me is the better record mm-hmm. than uh never mind. Uh so proportionally I'm gonna give this an eight based on that. Hmm. Okay. Cool. But Nir- Nir- Nirvana is like you cannot miss this album. Like I'm just you gonna can't. even though I gave it an eight, this is like if you don't listen to this album, your mu- music education is incomplete. <laughs> exactly. This is definitely a must-listen-to album. Yes. So. <laughs> Luton, I wasn't going below an eight. You passed. Okay, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should rate albums by Tim Beat flavors? Oh, no. But there's only three of them. <laughs> yeah. This is definitely the birthday cake. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this is definitely the birthday cake for sure. Yeah. Birthday cake waffle. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. The Backstreet Boys album last week was the was the sour cream chocolate. So, uh, okay. Uh, so for those of you who are following up along with us every single week, uh, the next album we are going to be reviewing is "Are You Experienced" by the Jimi Hendrix Ooh. Experience. Yes. So look out for that next week. Should be a fun one. All right, let's fly through this mixtape battle. Uh, so this is where we take a random speech generator and uh, it produces three random topics. Uh, one of us chooses one of those topics and the other person has to make a three-song mixtape. Uh, so Eric gave me food allergies uh, as my topic last time. And Eric, my job this week was so easy because of this great <laughs> man... Kyle Dine, performer, educator, musician, entrepreneur, puppeteer, and speaker. Kyle Dine is going to be featured on this mixtape solely. All three songs are by Kyle Dine, and it is off his album, You Must Be Nuts, Kyle Dine, (laughs) music all about food allergies. Oh my god. <laughs> so uh to open up this track or this mixtape, 
the first song that um, is is on track one is a song called Food Allergies Rock. And the lyrics go, Food Allergies Rock, Food Allergies Rock. To tell you the truth, I would rather have them than not. Food Allergies Rock, Food Allergies <laughs> Rock. I wouldn't trade them. I'm happy with what I got. I feel like that's just wrong because like people who are allergic to chocolate like you don't know what you're missing out people i'm sorry but allergic to chocolate um oh oh, damn okay i feel sorry for you but but you know like i i love peanut butter and people who are allergic to peanut butter i'm like suckers (laughs) anyways that's the first first track Mm. on my mixtape the second song on my mixtape is a song called epi man uh, and Epi Man, the lyrics go, looking for someone to save the day, looking for someone with super strength. And if I eat something I shouldn't have, there's a man in a cape who will fly in. Food allergies do not faze him. Epi Man, Epi Man, a dose of epinephrine carries in his hand. And Epi Man doesn't need gratitude. Just be careful when you eat your food or Epi Man will save the day. Yeah, you need somebody to use the Epi Pen, though. That's the... That's the thing. <laughs> um, oh my god! And finally, the last track on my mixtape will be a song called "Stop, Please Don't Feed Me." <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Lyrics go: Stop, stop! Please don't feed me. I'm really, really special, so please don't feed me. At a birthday party, <laughs> there's so much to eat, like birthday cake and chocolate treats. But when the bowl comes around to snacks, I need to know what is that. Sometimes your parents aren't around and need to shout to your whole town five little words that will keep you safe. So stand up real tall and say, stop, stop, don't, stop, stop, please don't feed me. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, Okay, I get I get its purpose. I, I absolutely get its purpose because, you know, food allergies can be lethal to some people. Right. But like. I don't know. This is like the dorkiest like thing. <laughs> yeah. He's made he's made a, a career out of it. Uh, and just to give you some of the uh, sh- songs that were on the shortlist, uh, Tingle on My Tongue, That's a Peanut, Smellifant the Allergic Elephant, No Dairy Please, Gluten-Free Blues, and I Can't Eat Eggs. Oh my god, I don't I don't even no comment. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Chasing Dragonflies, yes, this is real. These are real songs. I had to listen to this whole album to figure out which ones are the best ones. And yeah, this is my mixtape yeah. with the topic food allergies. So you should have said why didn't you mention this album in the listens portion of this podcast? <laughs> I didn't want to give it away. <laughs> There you go. That's my mixtape on food allergies. Kem, Kem just rocking out as he's cooking eggs. You have to watch. You have to watch yeah. the YouTube videos. Him There's live, YouTube videos. Live performing <laughs> some of these songs are the funniest things I've ever seen. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. Here you go. <laughs> Speech topic generator. Once I click this, it'll produce three. Here we go. Sandals, street gangs, and charity. Ooh, uh, this I, I could actually probably do any of these. 
Eric, I want you to do street gangs. <laughs> street gangs. Nice. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sandals. Okay. okay. Whatever. Charity. Whatever. Street gangs. I feel like would be a really good one. <laughs> Challenge accepted. You got it. All right. Uh, all right. So next next week, Eric will be making a three song mixtape based on the topic street gangs. Um. <laughs> finally, our new segment: thief yes. or not a thief. Uh, so we introduced this last week. Uh, so this is the second time we're doing this. But uh, basically, uh, I think I flipped this. Yeah, I, th- I think you did. I flipped the pictures. But... Hold on, hold on, hold on. I will fix it. There, there we you go. go. There you go. The 1D boys and the Clash are in the wrong spot. So um, Basically, we're going to be uh, comparing two songs. Should I Stay or Should I Go by The Clash? Uh, and they're accusing the One Direction boys of plagiarism with uh, Live While We're Young. So I think the point of contention here is that Live While you're, We're Young very much uses the uh, guitar riff from Should I Stay or Should I Go? Mm-hmm. Like very similar. So um, quick a uh, quick summary. So should I stay or should I go by the clash on their combat rock album released in 1982? It would reach the billboard hot 100 charts, but never hit the top 40. However, a release in 1991 would cause the song to reach top 10 status in New Zealand, uh, many European charts and number one in the UK singles charts. Uh, it became the band's only number one single on the UK chart ever. Uh, and then Live While We're Young is a song by boy band One Direction and is the lead single from their second studio album, Take Me Home. Uh, a commercial success, the song would become a top 10 hit in 15 countries, including the U.S. Upon its release, it broke the uh, Vivo record for holding or having the most views in a 24-hour period with 8.24 million. Um, in terms of plagiarism accusations, Lewis Tomlinson of One Direction had this to say, I assume it would it must be quite difficult to do a unique riff now because there are so many there have been so many songs. Surely there's only so many riffs you can pull out. <laughs> um so just a quick thing on the screen, I'm going to pull up the notation. So uh the top one is the One Direction song and the bottom one is the uh Clash song. So mm. Just by visually looking at it, it's pretty, it's pretty similar. Much the same because you're yeah. adding the the lower D there. Yeah. Or is that the E? I can't remember. It's been a while since yeah, I've the lower D. Yeah. Yeah, the lower D. So Here's... that's a it, it is close. It is close when you listen to them, but it changes. So uh, and and this is like almost like the the Red Hot Chili Peppers taking Tom Petty's. Mm. last dance with mary jane with danny california like it's it's almost similar in that fact Uh, but yeah like it looks it's pretty much (laughs) musically notated the same (laughs) yeah so like the riff is pretty close i would say but my Mm. issue is the uh the ghost the 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 ghost notes that they hit on the guitar that tick 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 like mm-hmm. in the second bar, like why? If you're gonna have like a really similar riff, don't put that percussive, like exact yeah. per- percuss- percussive uh, rhythm in the second bar. Like it's spot on. So like, yeah, 
No, I I agree with you there. Just because of that click, 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 I think it went a bit too far. Yeah, it went way too far for me. Um, mm. So, Eric, first first question. Thief or not a thief for One Direction? See, when you listen to the full song, like it's just that guitar riff. That's But it's it's like iconic to that song, though. Should I stay or should I go? Like yeah. As soon as that comes on, people know the song, right? So yeah. I would say I would say thief. Okay. Yeah, I'm in the same same boat. I feel like mm-hmm. you can't steal riffs that are that iconic. Like yeah. riffs that everyone knows, like hide it better if you're going to steal it. Yeah, yeah that's just like stealing like da 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 right. Right. Oh, but I changed it later. <laughs> All right. Eric, second question, who did it better? Did the Clash do it better or did One Direction do it better? Should I stare? Should I go all the way? <laughs> there you go. All the way. Yeah, I'm definitely in agreement. The Clash obviously did yeah. it better. Um, yeah, I don't know. This One Direction song, I don't know. It's just, it irks me whenever I, I had to listen to that. <laughs> I was like, how? How do you steal this riff and not realize? Absolutely. Uh, but in this case, no uh, writing credits for uh, Joe Strummer or Mick Jones of The Clash. I think Mick Jones actually wrote it. Um, they, I guess they never sued them for it. Hmm. They probably should have. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Controver- controversial statements uh, for, for this podcast. We have three. <laughs> uh, Eric did say the new generation has the attention span of a peanut. Um, the second controversial statement was we just mentioned the Grammys in general. Um, and the third one I said, it's amazing. And that's in reference to being peed on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Uh, so that's our show. Oh, I messed up the title. There you go. Uh, that's our show. Thanks for everyone for tuning in. Uh, here at twitch.tv slash the crossroads music podcast we're live here every single monday at 10 p.m est 7 p.m pst uh if you are listening to us on apple music spotify come join us on the live stream so you can actually see the tim beebs being eaten uh in person absolutely um, join the discord uh, i will uh, we actually have a bot now we'll actually do the freaking link isn't that cool um but yeah technology yeah and remember go out and buy the scent of dark (laughs) (laughs) yes go buy buy tony iomi's new perfume Mm -hmm. um perfect that's it that's the end of our show thanks everyone for tuning in and we'll catch you all next time